Some movies start with a formal pitch session. Some movies are based on books. But today, we're talking about the world premiere of a sci-fi classic that started with a letter. That letter from director Stanley Kubrick to famed science fiction author Arthur C. Clarke was pretty simple. Why don't we collaborate on the proverbial good science fiction movie? The result, which premiered on this day in 1968, was 2001 A Space Odyssey, a film that transcended sci-fi fandom and has become a fixture in pop cultural conversation. You might have heard of it. I'm Jessica Linverdi, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for April 2nd. At the time that he suggested the proverbial good science fiction movie in that letter, what Kubrick had in mind was simple. Let's have a science fiction movie with a firm grounding in science. Kubrick didn't want men in suits pretending to be monsters. He wanted a movie that was fundamentally about people, even if they were people colliding with an unimaginable future destiny. And Kubrick wanted the film to look like nothing else that had hit the theaters, hiring designers and special effects technicians like Douglas Trumbull, who had previously worked on documentaries that realistically depicted space flight. Arthur C. Clarke, in the meantime, wanted to tell a story in prose that would awe its audience and, again, realistically show the life and death stakes involved in setting off across the solar system. The result was a film and a novel that evolved along parallel but somewhat different paths. But who was to choose the title that both works shared? It was Kubrick who felt that something a bit more serious and literary sounding than the original title of Journey Beyond the Stars was needed. And borrowing a little bit of the literary cred of Homer's Odyssey, certainly didn't hurt as shorthand that this was a serious movie. That movie still had to be made, though, and it underwent a few changes along the way. How many changes? Find out after this. 2001 A Space Odyssey underwent a great many changes as the exchange of ideas flowed between when Kubrick felt was needed for a movie and what Clark wanted since he was writing a book. Kubrick wanted to incorporate more hints of the real-life Cold War, which he had already lampooned in Dr. Strangelove, and both of the story's creators wrestled with that age-old sci-fi movie-making question, do we show the aliens or not show the aliens? The monolith was something of an elegant escape hatch from that particular question, while the Cold War was a no-show in the final film, though it turned out to be a major element of the 1984 sequel 2010, The Year We Made Contact. Also lost was the female voice of ship's computer, Athena, replaced by the voice actor Douglas Rain as Hal, after Kubrick heard Rain narrate a particularly realistic space documentary that he had viewed during pre-production. For one memorable shot of astronaut Frank Poole jogging through the circular interior of Discovery, the set was built more or less like a giant hamster wheel. The camera was actually the only thing not moving. It took Kubrick, Trumbull, and their effects technicians two years to complete the filming of miniatures and special effects. And Kubrick wanted those effects accomplished in camera, no blue screen, and as little rear projection photography as possible. And a relatively recent effects technique slit scan photography was updated to generate the psychedelic Stargate visuals near the end of the movie, which not only cemented 2001's place as a piece of timeless and yet distinctly 60s cinema, but inspired many imitations, from the opening credits of mid-1970s Doctor Who to the 1970s opening animation for the ABC movie of the week. 
An original soundtrack by Alex North, who had scored Kubrick's Spartacus, was abandoned at a late stage in favor of the classical and avant-garde music that had been used as a guide during editing. So the next time you hear the Blue Danube waltz played over a space scene or see Hal's glowing red eye used as a meme shorthand for constant surveillance or apologize to someone named Dave for not being able to do that, all of those things started 53 years ago today. And even before that, they all started with a letter that basically said, hey, let's make a movie. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for April 2nd. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.